This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, it's Jacqueline Kitzman. Um, This is the current event section of the Awaken Tarot podcast. We're going to plug this in at the beginning. We've got... um, All of the anti-transgender laws happening across the country right now, please call your representatives. Please email. Again, if you don't know who your representatives are, if you don't know who to call, send me an email, awakentarotnashville at gmail.com or message me on Instagram at awakentarot and I'll help you find your representatives. I'll help you find the bill name. I'll help you know what's going on in your state and I'll let you know who to call. Um, I'll even write out a script if you want to call and leave a voicemail, or I'll even write out an email that you can send. And then all you have to do is plug in the information. The more people do it, the better it is. War in Ukraine, revolution in Iran. We also have a ban on TikTok. This may not seem super important, especially to people who don't utilize TikTok. You may be like, huh, I don't need TikTok, and that's great, and that's fine. But here are a few reasons that you should care. Um, the bill that is going to that wants to restrict or ban TikTok is called the Restrict Bill, and TikTok's kind of the distraction from that because it's not just about TikTok; it's also about um, any other social network that we use. The government can shut down or invade it at any time. This includes things such as your Ring doorbell. Instagram, Facebook, you know, if ever there was a social media app to be invented that was really good at helping people unionize or plan protests or things like that, government could shut it down. This is kind of like an end to privacy for social media, for your phone, apps, all of that. So obviously, like, that's a really big deal. It's not just about TikTok. So do yourself a favor and read up on that bill. If you, again, want to write to your representatives, I will help you find your representatives please. I'm not kidding. I will help you find them. Um, And I never mind doing it. I actually love when people ask because it makes me feel like I can, like I'm doing more than I'm already doing. And that helps with my anxiety. So that's why you should care about the TikTok ban, not even just because TikTok is a really good way to get information to and from people. Uh, Like what's happening in Iran, we would not know about that if it were not for TikTok what's happening in Ukraine. We would not have some of the information we have if it were not for TikTok. That's not me saying all of the news is great, but it is me saying that it is pretty important to be aware of all of those things happening. Okay, with that, let's get into the episode, and I'm very excited to introduce to you uh, my guest for today. Okay. Hi, this is Jacqueline Kitzman, and this is the Awaken Tarot Podcast, and you know that because you clicked it. That's on you. I have a guest today, and I'm so excited. Um, okay, so please in- okay, introduce yourself. Tell them who you are. People are going to freak the fuck out. Okay, tell them. Hi, guys. This is Andrea Stein. I am the owner and publisher of Moondust Press. We are an independent publisher of children's books. Yes. And if you have kids and you own C is for Coven or Brina or Sunday the Sea Witch, then you have books. Listen, Evie's favorite books are Brina and Sunday. 
Like I love that. I love hearing that because they are so not my kids' favorite books because oh, literally no. so many of them they like don't care now. Um, so it's so nice to hear it from other people. We love it, and I have the Brina doll from oh, the Kickstarter, cool. and Evie loves to hold Brina while we read Brina. <laughs> oh, those are so cute, and we only did. We made like 15 or 16 of them because the woman who made them handmade them in, I think she's in Australia and she handmade them. Yeah. She, she crocheted them. So they're amazing. They're amazing. And they came with little star glitter Mm -hmm. in their hair, which was the most fun ever. Um, so anyway, all that to say is we are big fans. I've known you through Instagram for several years, um, from before you were a publishing company or before it was started yes probably so, four probably four years i think something like that so like i don't know big fan for a long time over here uh so this is very exciting i would i i brought you on and then i'm gonna have your co-creator and the illustrator of the the book and the archetype tarot deck the first the major arcana deck correct mm-hmm. um on next week we're gonna talk to her so um i want to ask you well, one, like the books, you can tell us the book and the deck's name. I just said it, but you tell us about it first. I'll shut up for a second. Yeah. So we have a new picture book coming out later this spring. It's called The Tarot Deck Mess. And then we originally were just doing the book, but we got a ton of people asking if we were going to do a matching deck or if there was a deck. So we ended up just fairly quickly, like spinning the artwork from the book because every card is illustrated in the book on its own page. So we took all that artwork out and we made a matching 22 card deck that is called my first tarot. It's so cool. I, when you first started showing pictures of it, I knew immediately when it went up on Kickstarter, I was going to back it, which I did. I'm very excited. Um, if you have that Kickstarter information you um, and you want to send it to me or a website, I'll have that in the show notes. So anybody listening can go find the deck and find the book and listen to it. Um, and I'll have your website in the show notes as well, Andy, um, so that you guys are easily findable. And I can also tag your Instagram. I will just tag all of your shit in the Perfect. show. Notes. Yes, Everything is all linked together. So you can always find what we're talking about. Oh, perfect. Super easy for me, who is technologically in can't do it. Um, so I want to ask you, obviously, like you have co-created this book and this tarot deck. And I want to ask you one about your journey with tarot. How did you find tarot? I have a feeling you've been doing this for a very, very long time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been doing touched by tarot in some way since long before I was doing anything involving witchcraft or paganism or writing. Um, I got my first tarot reading when I was probably 12 years old. Um, I had a therapist. (laughs) My mom had a therapist. She was an amazing Jungian therapist in Palo Alto, California, out of Stanford hospital, like the Stanford system. And she was an older woman and she was a play therapist. So she like her office was just like lined with these like tiny little wood shelves of like every figurine and toy. And then she had these sandboxes, these like big rolling sandboxes in her office and like these bamboo brushes and kids would come in and like play and build and like act out scenes. And she interpreted all of it. She was really, really cool. And my mom knew her for a long time. And 
was seeing her and in middle school when I found myself, you know, in the throes of being a girl in middle school, um, I went and saw her and she started reading tarot for me. She would read a card for me like during our sessions, during our therapy hours. Um, so that was my first exposure to tarot in a, right, a very like academic therapeutic way that was very, um, you know, always tied into how can you apply this to your life? Um, yeah. And then I let it go for a long time and kind of returned to it in my adulthood with the kind of witchcraft pagan bent. I'm obsessed with the fact that you got to like see a play therapist and they had fucking tarot. Mm-hmm. Sign me up. Yeah. You know what? I currently would, I would see a play therapist with a bunch of dolls and other types of toys and sandboxes and have them read tarot for me as a 29 year old woman. So sounds like the life, quite frankly. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, that's really cool. So I want to know. So when you, you were probably closer to adulthood, when you picked that back up tarot, then to read for yourself or learn to read it for yourself? Uh, yeah, probably 20, 21. What was that process like for you in regards to learning tarot? Like what were your resources? How did you do it? Um, well, honestly, it's always been more, I have, I'm interested in tarot in the sense that like, I like decks and cards, especially from an artistic standpoint. Um, but in terms of reading, it's something I've more left to the professionals in my life. Um, I, I haven't gotten very deep into learning things for myself, which is why I mean, the past two years of working on this book and now deck with Sarah, I've learned a ton. I feel like I know so much more now after doing this than I did before. But I mean the 10 years before that, I was just like more going to professional readers and getting readings and then collecting decks that I really liked. And like, I'll pull a card for myself on occasion, especially I'll go through periods where I'm more drawn to pulling a card, especially pregnancy. Um, but other than that, yeah, I like, I like to depend on the people that really know what they're doing. (laughs) That's so funny. Cause I guarantee you, anybody that's read for you, like, 85% 85% of the time is like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. At least that's me. I have a whole podcast and there are times I pull a card and I'm like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> I have to think about that. For a while. It's been so one of the things that's been like super shocking to me as an adult has been the accuracy of digital tarot reading. Like I really, I really doubted that even yeah. knowing like, right. Believing in energy work and all of this stuff. I was like, how is this going to work? I had got a tarot reading from someone in a different country, completely on the other side of the world. And instantly, right. Nothing. She just said, we're going to do this. It was 10 seconds within 10 seconds. And it was spot on perfect, frighteningly accurate. Like, yeah, that's one thing that's always surprising to me. It's so interesting. So like from the opposite perspective, as someone who reads for people, all over the world. Like it is, it is very interesting. Like when I first started reading, I only did it in person. The first time someone asked me to do it online, I myself was like, I don't know how that's going to, I guess we'll find out if it works. And it, it does like, it's just as easy to connect, like talking your energy here as it would be to talking to somebody sitting where this piano is over here. Um, yeah. So that's very, very cool. The digital digital. Um, I think there's like a whole, like, frame of witchcraft where which is like what like 
technological witchcraft. You probably know the term techno pagan. Yeah. <laughs> There's a really cool um, book that just came out. It's called Spellbound Crafting the Future by Chai Wan Ku. So, oh, it's cool. about like futuristic tech witchcraft. I'm going to actually look that up. Into that. Yes. <laughs> That's super cool. Bringing the sci fi to 2023. You know, we all need a little. With TikTok, before it gets banned, we all need to form a little TikTok pagan group and hex some politicians. Oh my God. Every few months, right, we hear that TikTok's going to get banned. And I get a little bit nervous because that's where my, by like by far, my biggest platform is for my business. I don't, God, personally, yes, take it away. It's a waste <laughs> of my time. Um, <laughs> but it's an amazing marketing platform. Um, <laughs> So it's scary when they start to talk about it, but I think it's just Google. It feels very threatened by people turning, especially to TikTok as a source of information and news. Yeah, and it is. I mean, I talk about that on the podcast, specifically with, you know, hearing about what's happening in Ukraine or specifically about what's happening in Iran. Like, I'm not hearing about that on, you know, NPR, CNN, any any news source at all. Um, I have to go find I the voices of Iranian women on TikTok. Yep. There's no, yeah. there's no other way to it's, figure that out. I think dangerous to a lot of existing systems for people to have such direct instantaneous communication to such a large group of people, because that's the other thing is like the TikTok algorithm is so different than any other platform in terms of reaching unknown people. Like there's no yeah. other way to just instantly reach like, millions of people who have no idea who you are and it's nuts. it's uh, as a and i'm sure you've had this like you've probably had several videos go viral with what you do and you probably get waves of people right the first wave mm -hmm. is the people who the for you pages you want to be on then like you wait a week and the next wave you end up on the gop republican TikTok, and then people are sending you death threats um and then you, exactly. know, you go through like a wave after that and then you hit kind of like the mid of all of the people. So it is very interesting with TikTok and the algorithm to see where the fuck your information is going, but it is reaching a widespread group of people. So the next question here I have for you, because I wrote down a list because that's smart <laughs> and I don't normally do it. So this has helped me. Um, it is. Organization is apparently very good for an ADHD brain, which I have and I don't utilize it anywhere near often enough. Um, so how did your personal experience, and we talked about this a touch, but how did your personal experience with Tarot Frame going into this creation of the Tarot Deck Mess book and Tarot Deck? Yeah, so when Sarah, Sarah Beck is the author and illustrator of the book. And when she came to me, she had it kind of all already sketched out. She had it literally like in pencil sketch and she had the book already written like a form of the manuscript written. And I think she'd been working on it for like a year at that point, maybe over a year. Um, and I was really excited because at that point I had a six year old daughter. Yeah trying to remember. Um, yeah, at that point I had a six year old, which I was my only child and she was just starting to get like interested and in, into reading the cards. And I was like, what a great way to teach her through a book and through storytelling. And simultaneously, like I learned so much just initially going through the sketches and she, so the way the book is structured, sorry, is every card has 
like a, a rhyming couplet, and then there's an affirmation. And the rhymes are really, really like easy to remember and they stick in your brain. And then the affirmations are these really short things that again, for me have been really easy to like pair with the cards. So I find myself now when I like see or pull a majors card automatically like repeating in my head, the rhyme from the book or the Mm -hmm. affirmation and it's helping me remember. So I immediately knew that it was a good idea to frame tarot this way for kids and I was really excited that she had brought me something that was so first of all like already so close to being finished and that didn't need a lot of work and that was so perfect for what I was looking for the thing about the tarot deck mess the book and I've seen like what I've seen you know um, I'm on the kickstarter so I've seen what you know the stuff that's posted there and then I've also seen things that you've shared on tiktok or things you shared on instagram there are some of like pages of the books where you're flipping through and I love I fucking love it there's nothing better um have you heard of uh rocket science for babies like the board book series yes so I got gifted not my child me I got gifted a box set of um, rocket science for babies, which is just a book explaining quantum physics, essentially for infants. And I have found Evie doesn't get any of it. Evie is too. Um, and again, it was gifted to me. It was a birthday present for myself and it is explained to me. I know now more about rocket science and quantum physics than I did prior using a board book because it's written in language for children. Like the concepts are so broken down. And I think when you're picking up not to compare tarot to fucking now (laughs) but when when you're uh when you're looking at something that's as complicated and as nuanced and complex as tarot and you're wondering where to start like honest to god a children's book may not be the worst idea like breaking it down into very simple basic and like empathetic phrases that rhyme especially if you're an adult and you're just picking it up is probably just as beneficial to like a 40 year old as it will be to Evie when she's four or five and she can like read it. I mean, I'll have her start it early, but. Yes. And like, yeah, I hear uh, advice a lot to new readers to start with the writer Wade Smith. And generally I agree with that because there's so much imagery that you're going to see over and over again. And there's so much symbolism and color that you need to know out of there. But I think now seeing this option and having the cards have people on them, right? They're mm-hmm. most of them are children and most of them are like real world situations. Um, right. There's like a teacher in a classroom. Um, they're in the deck. Um, the emperor and empress are the same page in the book for spacing. So then we had to separate them out and draw new cards. She had to separate them out and draw new cards to do the deck. Cool. And the emperor is like a a parent financial planning with their child and teaching their child how to budget with like a board behind them. So there are these kind of like real life examples that make it very easy to understand. Sometimes I think more than the abstract imagery, um, especially for children. I think the abstract imagery of the writer Wade Smith is difficult. And even some other kids decks I've seen um, that use less direct real world examples yes um evie so i for i'll split this into two segments i did not start off with the smith rider weight i bought the smith rider weight probably about a year and a half actually after i started learning tarot so i actually learned on the line strider deck 
which I loved. I loved the imagery. I loved the ethereal animals. Um, but I, I feel like I had like a very like one dimensional view of what tarot was. Cause I didn't start with the basics, which is why this podcast is based off the Smith Rider weight, because it's also like, if you watch Disney's haunted mansion, when you're 10, the deck that they're showing is at the beginning and all through the movie, it's the Smith Rider weight. Like this is the deck that we're all pretty much kind of accustomed to. So it makes sense that we connect with it more. Mm-hmm. Um, what I really love, and we had talked about before we started recording, I had asked you if we had time to talk about a card, um, what your favorite one was. And you said death and the death card from your book actually is one of the imageries that stuck with me the most. It's the, it's a child sitting on a beach with a sandcastle and there's a storm in the background, right? Oh, so that's, that's the tower. Oh, shoot. I thought it was death. Damn it. Um, I love the tower. I'll show it to you. That's the tower. Mm. Okay. Yes. Page. And then death, she is composting. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. I have seen this one too. And I remember it now. I'm sorry. No, I love that. She's composting on the death card. I love her. And there's so many like little like Rider Waite Smith little details of the imagery yes. that you put in there the little the flower that's on the front of the compost bin and everything from the flag and yes the little easter eggs from the Smith Rider it's it's truly it's going to be like I think as informational for parents as it is for kids um I love it I think this is such a great idea that you guys have kind of concocted and created together um, so I wanted to ask you, I think I accidentally spilled the beans on it. What was your favorite card from the book and deck? But so you death, why? <laughs> yeah, I, I just think it's such a, it's a really good example of how she transformed a traditionally scary or unwanted card to come up in a read, especially for kids. Um, I think initially seeing death come up in a reading and especially the traditional version of death on horseback and bodies um it's scary to see come up in a reading yeah and I think the way that she did it as this kind of transformative natural experience which is the positive child-friendly spin to put on the whole concept of death um it's just really beautiful I want to read you yes please I'll read you what she wrote on that page can you hear my baby? I I love it just a little bit. It won't show up at all in the in the recording, but so sweet. Okay. <laughs> it says, death whispers softly, a big change is near. Step forward and meet the unknown without fear. And then the affirmation is, I let go of the old to make room for the new. Oh. And again, I just think I, I think it's a really good encapsulation of taking the cards that are big and conceptual and kind of difficult to get your head around Mm -hmm. and boiling it down to a very simple, beautiful, natural, gentle, child-centered concept. Mm -hmm. Well, it's something they can synthesize too. It's, you know, understanding that death isn't just about your body literally kicking it. It's also like so much more, it's more about rebirth than anything. Mm -hmm. Um, The death line ending in temperance means that death ends in life. So composting is a really beautiful way to kind of talk about fertilizing, fertilizing life, helping the, the, the word escapes me, helping cultivate life, helping yeah. grow life. There we go. That's the word I was looking for. I am 
opening my phone keeps turning off. So um, I want to know, it was there a, a, a hard that was hardest for you to conceptualize throughout the creating of the deck? I know you didn't do the illustration for it, but I'm interested to know if there was one that was like, oh, like either like this was the hardest for me to understand or this was a card I was really confused about. And I feel like this book or this tarot deck really helped solidify this concept for me. Um, I feel like the Wheel of Fortune card was kind of solidified for me and my understanding more through this and through the rhyme. I don't even need to pick up the book to tell you I haven't memorized because it has, it's stuck in my brain. It says the great wheel of fortune lifts up and brings low. The rich become poor. What was lost can regrow. I think. Um, and yeah, it just, yeah. Like the cyclical nature of that in this almost the same way of the death card, like the cyclical piece of that stuck with me more after going through this process. We yeah. also went through a lot of, um, a lot of versions of the illustration on that one. So we worked on it for a long time. I love that so much. And I know that we're closing on kind of like the end of the hour here. So I want to ask you, um, what are your ultimate hopes and goals for this book and for this tarot deck? What's your ultimate, like, what would you love to see happen and come from this? Cause it's so fucking cool. Andy. <laughs> I would just love to see more exposure. I'd love to see it, you know, in more stores and on more shelves. Um, Because I think that tarot is a really useful tool for kids in terms of getting to know their intuition. Yeah. Getting to know um, divine guidance in general and kind of listening to what's going on around them. And it's such a, good tool for self-reflection. And I think childhood is especially, I have an almost nine, almost 10 year old now, and she is going to go into middle school and she's starting to deal with, you know, friendship things and more difficult social situations. And it's a really useful way for parents and kids to sit down together at this point and reflect on situations and make a plan for how to move forward or make suggestions on things to do. It's also like kids don't want my kids, like don't want me to always tell them what to do in friendship or social situations. So it's a really nice way to give guidance that's not coming from me necessarily and give her options for paths forward that don't seem like like parental advice. Yes, no, exactly. And that's how, I mean, Gabe and I have talked about, obviously our daughter is too, she's a long time, but we've talked about how we're going to introduce specific concepts like full moons, new moon practice, what an altar looks like, how we would use tarot to kind of incorporate um, learning like learning the self, understanding the world better. Um, and it is one of those things where she's not going to want to hear mommy and daddy tell her, Oh, Mm -hmm. this is, this is why we do this. Or this card means this, or if you have a friend that's being mean, you should do this. She's going to, especially my kid who is like an Aquarius. She has five planets and Aquarius. So she'll never listen to anything either one of us says. And so far has has five Gemini placements, including her sun and rising. So yeah, that one's a wild ride. Uh, (laughs) It's so much. (laughs) 
I was supposed to have supposed to based on due date. I should have three Gemini children and I don't, I have a Taurus, a Gemini and a cancer because you never know what's going to happen. You, you literally never know. Um, I, and I'll let you go after this. Evie was, and I know when she was conceived cause we made a honey jar for it. And also I was really good with math at one time in my life. Uh, she was conceived on Beltane and we had her on in bulk, which was like, oh, that's so cool. It was the fucking coolest thing ever. I, um, she's like the little witchiest Aquarian baby ever. Yeah. Aquarius is my favorite, my best friend of God knows how long 15 plus years is an Aquarius. It's my favorite sign. Well, so you know what? You may really love Evie someday. (laughs) I think so. We get along. Well, I just want to, I want to thank you so much. I I've wanted you on this podcast for years. I feel I, again, I don't, I don't feel like a very qualified tarot person. And I feel like a lot of my appreciation, my first deck that I bought myself as an adult was the, the she wolf tarot by serpent by serpent fire. Yeah. I then used the cards as um, the table markers in my wedding. I picked out my favorite cards and we marked all of our wedding tables as majors cards. And then we made like our, I'll send you, I'll send you a picture. Um, (laughs) Yes, please. But I just mean that like, I didn't choose an easy to read deck and it's because I really wasn't reading for myself, right? I picked them because they were beautiful and I wanted to own them and they feel, they feel special. And that was kind of the way that I kept collecting both Tara and Oracle decks. And now I have a writer with Smith and now I have, you know, easier things to kind of deal with. And I feel like I'm just beginning the process of really like learning and being able to read for myself. So thank you for having me on as a 30-year-old newbie to tarot, (laughs) practicing other things for a decade. You know, the really cool thing about tarot is that because it's a reflection of humanity, we can literally all read it. Like, even if we don't know that, I mean, the technical meanings don't mean shit anymore anyway. If you read like what Smith Rider Waite wrote down for like (laughs) some cards, you'd be like, what the hell? Uh, So I've had people on this podcast that have never picked up a deck before in their life. And they say like, they have said like the most intuitive shit. Like we are all so just because we're humans, we have such an easy time with tarot in a lot of ways. So I'm excited for you. The She-Wolf deck is fucking beautiful, by the way. I love, I don't have that deck, but I look at it all of the time. Oh yeah. It's amazing. And I love any, any deck with a gilded edge. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to keep you over time here. I just thank you so much. Is, um, is there anything you want to say to people for how they can find you? I'm of course, like I said, I'm going to tag all of your information in the show notes so they can have easy access to finding you. Um, but if there's anything I miss or any, anything else you want to say about Moondust Press? Yeah. I mean, we're pretty easy to find. We're at Moondust Press everywhere and moondustpress.com. Um, we are about to open up manuscript submissions on April 2nd. So I'll just mention that in case anyone has been working on a magical children's book and they're looking for a publisher for it. Oh, that's so exciting. I won't be sending anything. I sent you an email with so many typos. It could... <laughs> that's what editors are for (laughs) well thank you you guys like 
you have no idea. This is the coolest thing ever. Like the books are the coolest for children ever. And I'm just so like, I am genuinely so honored and thrilled that you were on the podcast to talk to me about this and about your experience with tarot. And thank you. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Yo, this is the collective reading part of the podcast where uh, I do a collective reading and you're going to laugh at me, but I'm doing this super quick uh, because I uh, had kind of a, a little bit of a family emergency and uh, I got on here and then I forgot to pull a card and I told Gabe that I was going to do this without any edits because I also forgot to record the collective reading. And so I'm going to tell you right now that I, this is the part of the podcast where I know it's the collective reading. I know I always do the collective reading, but I forgot to draw a card. So here um, I drew a card. Embarrassingly enough. Uh, this... <laughs> The collective reading for this coming week is the King of Pentacles, and the King of Pentacles is kind of this really nice, um, <laughs> like, it's this really nice, beautiful card for a couple of reasons. One, it's the very last card of the tarot, okay? Like, this is the last card we go through. This is the card where our insides match our outsides, where everything is together. We have everything in front of us, this whole world almost that we, you know, like this whole world that we've created because of our efforts and all of the things that we worked on internally and we brought them into the external, this whole world that we grew, if you will. So in the coming week, really kind of take time to look at all of the things that you've done, appreciate what you've accomplished rather than looking at, you know, oh, I wish I could do more of this, or I wish I had more of this, or I can't believe I don't like, look at your world, find the appreciation kind of like take in the good and then you know from there we can very gently start working towards the things that we envision for ourselves next but you know just a little bit of time to, to see that what we have right now is you know something that we might have been working towards you know even five years before just kind of a nice reflection period maybe okay with that um, if you like this podcast, please rate, subscribe, and review. And uh, once we hit 300 reviews, Gabe and I are going to have a pie war. And if there's one thing that you know about me or should know about me, it's that I love pie. And I don't have a lot of reasons to buy pie. That sound you heard was my computer. Sorry, Gabe. Don't you, you can just leave that there. I told people what it was. Okay. Bye.